The following program depicts scenes of murder and violence. Viewer discretion is advised. Words appear sequentially. Crime Crusher. Featuring Donna Judd. On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network. Sponsored by VIP Tech. Author Donna Jodhan presents Episode 5 Santa's Super Christmas Party It had not been a very good year for Santa Stefan. Back problems had plagued him for most of the year and now Christmas was fast approaching. Santa Stefan knew that hundreds of thousands of kids would be depending on him to come into their homes, and in addition many adults as well. He knew that he had to act now and act fast. Then something happened and Santa Stefan almost did not make it but for the coming together of some very special folks find out how this exciting tale ended. Santa's Super Christmas Party, a tale of fiction about Santa Stefan. Written by Donna J. Jodhan. Hello, 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 it's Detective DJ, and compliments of the season to everyone. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, and I wish everyone who is listening in, or who has bought this episode, or who has subscribed to these episodes, all the best for 2015. Yes, indeed, 2015 is almost here with us, but you know what? For the present moment, I am here to fill you with cheer, lots of joy, and everything else that is worth it for all of the season. Our 12 Days of Christmas box set is something that I'm very, very proud of, and I and my team have spent a lot of time putting this box set together just for you. This is Episode 5. And I hope that you have taken the time to at least listen to the first four episodes. Maybe you've bought one of them already. Or maybe you're going to buy this one. Who knows? Well, the first episode was called Santa's Super Secret. The second episode was called The President's Super Christmas Plane. The third episode was called Santa's Secret Toy Shop. And the fourth episode was called... Can you remember what it was called? Santa's Secret Christmas Ring. 
episode five is called Santa's Super Christmas Party. And now I invite you to listen in. Let's go, folks. Santa Stefan out of commission. Santa Stefan had been doing the same thing, the same wonderful job for so many years, bringing good joy and good cheer to millions every year. He himself could not really remember how long he had been doing this. All that he would say is that he had been doing it for literally hundreds of years. Last year, however, he had suffered a very serious injury when he had slipped and fallen while delivering presents to a family who was living in a corner house and the streets were covered with snow and poor old Santa Stefan had slipped and fallen. Good thing that his twin brother Santa Stoyan was with him and Stoyan had had to step in and finish off the job. He had had to step in and finish off the delivery. Santa Stefan had managed to return home, but he had had to be helped into bed. And there he had stayed for the rest of the season. He had had to stay there for the rest of the Christmas holidays. And sadly enough, his injury had only gotten worse during the following months and he had remained out of commission for most of the year. Now Christmas was fast approaching and Santa Stefan was starting to panic. There was so much to get done. The toys had to be tested and wrapped. The games had to be sorted those for little girls and those for little boys. And in addition, furniture had to be especially made for these precious little dollhouses. Tea sets had to be made. Train sets had to be assembled. And all kinds of kits had to be checked. Stocking stuffers had to be made up. Computers and electronic devices had to be tested to make sure that they were all in good working order. Gadgets also had to be checked to ensure that they did what they were supposed to do. And along with all of this, new creations had to be developed. Lots and lots of work for Santa Stefan. And then there were the letters to answer, lists from millions of kids to read, and even wish lists from adults. Santa Stefan had also developed a tradition of paying special extra attention to the less fortunate. And he even had to fulfill thousands of requests from those many people, those pet owners looking for gifts for their precious pets. Wow! 
and never mind the toys and games, gadgets and electronic devices. Santa Stefan also had to make sure that there were Christmas goodies for everybody. Biscuits, cookies, candies, and on and on and on it went. So much to do, and Santa Stefan was in a big pickle. His back was hurting like crazy, and he had to supervise everyone and everything. He had to get the elves all ready. He had to make sure that his Santa's assistants were well trained and ready to visit the malls, stores, and all of the Christmas parties, and most of all. And he had to make sure that they all knew how to behave like good little elves and Santa assistants. So much to do before the big day, let alone before the holiday season started. And Santa Stefan needed help in a very big way. Santa's Special Secret School Santa Stefan had run his very own special Santa school. And it was here that at a certain time of the year, he and his twin brother Stoyan would train hundreds of persons to be good little Santa elves and Santa assistants. If you were not an elf, you would be an assistant. There were girls and boys Santa elves, and then there were girls and boys Santa assistants. There was no age limit on who could attend Santa's special school. It was a secret school. Everyone was welcome to apply, but before being accepted, Santa Stefan and his twin brother Stoyan made sure that applicants were well suited. And what made them well suited? Just two very important things. They had to have a heart of gold, and they had to have the great desire to spread great joy and cheer. And in addition, they had to be adventurous, and they had to believe in Christmas and the spirit of Christmas. Training at Santa Stefan's school included the following. They had to learn to laugh with a loud ho ho ho. They had to learn how to handle reindeer. They had to learn how to help drive sleighs and other Christmas vehicles such as planes and even beechcrafts. Wow! Cars, fans, helicopters and a lot more. The choice was theirs to choose two out of this list and they would have to learn how to drive them very well. They had to learn how to drop presents down chimneys, onto lawns and doorsteps, and how to enter homes through open windows 
without disturbing anyone. Training was extensive, and by the time it was all over, Santa Stefan was sure that his assistants were ready for the big times. And how could one apply? Santa Stefan usually advertised his school online and in the newspaper and on TV and on the radio everywhere. Ads usually started appearing by early summer and by the end of the first week in October applicants would be chosen and notified. Training usually lasted for three weeks starting in early November and at the end of it all everyone would tell you that their training was one never to forget. True it is that training was rigorous, but Santa Stefan made sure that his trainees also had fun. He had nightly activities for them, weekend parties for them, and outings to fun places during the week. Trainees were taken to the malls, and there they would wear their special invisible Santa suits. And this allowed them to carry out their training exercises without being spotted by anyone. The trainees were often taking, taken on dizzying round-the-world trips to faraway countries as well as to nearby cities. The beauty was that travel always took place at a moment's notice, as and traveling from place to place was as easy as it came. It took a matter of seconds to hop from one country to another, and this was probably one of the highlights of Santa Stefan's training. Learning how to fly through the air. The special invisible Santa suit was probably another highlight for most trainees, as this was how they were able to train properly for their big times. No one could see them whenever they wore these special suits, which were outfitted with special devices and gadgets to help them navigate safely through the air, on the sea and on the land. They wore special headpieces that allowed them to communicate with each other and with their trainers without anyone else around being able to hear them, let alone see them. And their Christmas vehicles were well equipped with state-of-the-art technology that enabled them to learn how to drive them. For the most part, a trainer would drive the vehicles and the trainee would be the navigator. And it was not out of the question to see senior trainees become the main drivers. Of course, all of this was top secret and before a child or an adult 
could be accepted into Santa Stefan's secret school. They had to sign a waiver and a form of confidentiality. And parents had to do the same on behalf of their children. Santa Stefan always had great prizes and rewards for all of his trainees, some of them returning for several years in a row. But trainees also had to compete very hard with each other. But Santa Stefan had a rule that applicants could not return for more than four years in a row, thus making room for new trainees each year. And, believe it or not, there was always need for applicants to join Santa Stefan's secret school because of the millions of kids and less fortunate that needed to receive Christmas each year. Ask any trainee and they would have told you that they never really knew where Santa Stefan's school was located. You see, each chosen trainee was always picked up at night while they slept and then dropped off back at their homes while they slept. And when they had to go out in the big night to be part of Santa Stefan's workforce, the same thing would take place. Trainees would usually remember what took place during their training, but they were not allowed to share their memories with anyone else. And if they ever tried to do so, these memories would somehow disappear out of their minds. And it was the same for their big night. This was all so astonishing. But Santa Stefan had made it so as to protect him and them and everyone else from learning his secrets. At the end of the day, Santa Stefan wanted each trainee to learn as much as possible to obtain a great education in learning how to give to others and most of all it was all about the spirit of Christmas. It was all part of Santa Stefan's elaborate tradition to keep Christmas in the hearts of millions each year. And to persons of all ages from 2 to 92. A peek at Santa Stefan's toy shop. Those who have been unlucky enough to have seen Santa Stefan's toy shop would readily say that it was out of this world. There was no other explanation for it. With traditional toys as well as futuristic ones. And it was here that most of the world's toys manufacturers usually got their inspirations and ideas. Santa Stefan was on the cutting edge of everything and was always way ahead of everyone. 
His traditional toys were out of this world. Doll houses of all shapes and sizes, and even miniature dolls to go along with them. Tea sets in all imaginable styles, colors and shapes, train sets, ships, planes and helicopters, racing car sets, and all kinds of baseball and basketball games. And there were even ice hockey games and football games, plus so much more. All kinds of board games and electronic games, and the list went on and on and on. But what made all of this stand out was that there was always something for everyone. From the youngest to the oldest, talking, toys, and toys that walk, skipped and jumped. Toys that flew, glided, and raced. Stuffed animals that walked and talked, flew and glided. And you know what? There were absolutely no war toys in Santa Stefan's toy shop. No, no kind of toys related to wars. No guns, no cannons, no soldiers, nothing associated with wars. One of the features of Santa Stefan's toy shop was, was that everything was laid out all so nicely and in great detail. Dollhouses stood proudly on miniature tree-lined streets, and there were miniature shops and stores to go along. There were even miniature schools, malls, playgrounds, beaches, lakes, rivers, mountains, fountains, wading pools, lagoons, parks, airports, aircraft hangars, and so much more. And despite being miniature, they were all laid out in very minute detail. There were miniatures of cities from around the world in their lifetime. There was New York and Los Angeles, Washington and Miami, Houston, Atlanta and Honolulu, and even Boston, Phoenix, Disney World and Disneyland. The Houston Space Center, Hollywood, and Universal Studios. There are many tours of all kinds of historic sites. And there were even cities such as Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, London, England, Dublin, Ireland, and Paris, France, Madrid in Spain, and Rome and Venice in Italy, Lisbon in Portugal, Athens in Greece, Beijing and Shanghai in China, Hong Kong, Amsterdam, Tehran, Melbourne, Nassau in the Bahamas, Sao Paulo in Brazil, and so many more. They were so real. 
trainees were allowed to take train rides in miniature trains, ride miniature buses, and drive miniature cars, go on miniature cable cars, and race in miniature racing cars, hop on the subways and streetcars and tramways, fly miniature planes and helicopters, sail in mini tour boats, and on miniature ships. So much! Toys for adults were simply beyond the imagination. State-of-the-art cameras, eye devices, electronics, and on and on and on it went. One could easily say that Steve Jobs may have very well been one of Santa Stefan's trainees at some point in time. Just imagine. Santa Stefan went to great lengths to create action heroes that would be role models for all little girls and boys. And they were all dressed in elaborate costumes. Nothing was left to the imagination. Educational toys, fun toys, and hobby toys. And I said there were no battle heroes or war toys in Santa Stefan's toy shop. Santa Stefan's toy shop would not have been complete that displayed his baking prowess. And it was here that he and his helpers had really used their imaginations. Cakes and cookies of all shapes and sizes and color combinations. Cookies and goodies filled with all kinds of surprises. Gaily decorated dishes of Christmas goodies. Yeah. The trainees would tell you that at night, Santa Stefan's toy shop simply came to life with toys communicating with each other and cities lighting up. Snow queens and kings skating around, all coming to life. And the ski bunnies having a great time on the ski slopes. Everything from the location of his school to what went on there to how it was done, plus so much more. And this is why the trainees were not allowed to share their memories with anyone else, and why they needed to be picked up while they slept, and to be dropped off back at their homes in the same way. And if they ever tried to share their memories, these would be immediately wiped from their minds. But they were always allowed to keep these memories for as long as they kept them to themselves. This was unique, and something very unique that Santa Stefan and his team had developed. The creation and the development of all of the toys, special invisible suits, and everything else at Santa Stefan's school were all top secret. Training schedules and paths to be taken 
On the Big Night by Santa Stefan and his teams of elves and helpers were also kept as top secrets. Because Santa Stefan knew only too well that there were always persons look, lurking in the shadows, waiting to cause trouble, and put an end to his timeless traditions. Indeed, many attempts have been made in the past to infiltrate his headquarters, and this is why Santa Stefan had had to take so many precautions. He had developed a special communication center to monitor comings and goings to his school and to his headquarters, and to monitor what was going on in the world at large. He was always able to know who had been naughty and who had been nice, and who was in need of his help. Santa Stefan stayed away from politics, from war, from crime. He did not take part in any of these things. He believed in doing good things for others, and this was his position. Santa Stefan had one twin brother, and his name was Stoyan. And Santa Stefan often referred to his twin brother as Santa Stoyan. But whereas Santa Stefan was outgoing, it was the opposite for Santa Stoyan. And as for as long as they could both remember, this was the only thing that they ever knew, each other. And the work that they had done all year round was something that they both loved. Work went on all year round at Santa Stefan's workshop, and his tireless workers, helpers and assistants worked tirelessly. They worked hard, but they also played hard. And there was one particular person that had made regular visits to Santa Stefan. He was Santa Stefan's cousin, a man that Santa Stefan loved and admired, and one who had continued to help him over the years. Both men were of the same mind, this being to protect and to foster the spirit of Christmas forever. And that man was the big man himself, none other than Santa Claus himself. And Santa Claus always arrived with his sleigh, staying for weeks at a time, and leaving the same way as he had come. And oh, how everyone had loved it whenever he had visited. The spirit of Christmas was more than present, and Santa Claus's bellowing laugh was always loved and appreciated. Santa Claus loved his visits to Cousin Stefan, and each day the two cousins along with Santa Stoyan would sit for hours discussing all kinds of things. And in the evenings, Santa Claus would socialize with the workers and would always have a story to tell them. 
No one ever tired of his stories and his being there. Santa Claus always had something new to tell and to show to everyone around. And sometimes his visits were even surprises, thus making his presence even more special. But he was always telling Cousin Stefan to be watchful and cautious because there were always persons out there just waiting to put an end to his timeless traditions. Santa Stefan visits the specialist. Christmas was about two months away and Santa Stefan was still suffering from his injury and now he was really beginning to panic. There was so much to do and he knew it only too well. His back was still hurting like crazy and he was having difficulty walking and standing upright. Santa Stefan did not really like going to doctors and had put off visiting the specialist for as long as he could. But now Santa Claus was insisting that he should do so. So, on a bright day in the early fall, Santa Stefan had decided to bite the bullet. He had dressed slowly and painfully, refusing help from his staff, and even refusing to let his brother Stoyan accompany him. He got slowly into his sleigh, and as everyone watched, he painstakingly switched on his control panel and adjusted his seat and then commanded his reindeer to go forth. He had however taken the advice of others and had made sure to turn on his guiding system so that headquarters could keep in touch with him at all times. The reindeer were experienced at driving Santa Stefan around and they were very aware of his injuries. They drove swiftly but very carefully over mountains and seas and over lands and plains and soon they were at their destination. They helped Santa Stefan to disembark and had escorted him to the doors of his doctor's office. Of course, no one knew who Santa Stefan was when he entered, and his sleigh and reindeer were quite invisible to everyone around. Not even his doctor knew who he really was. He was simply known as Stefan Santana. The doctor had seen Santa Stefan right away because he knew that Santa Stefan was in great pain and the kindly doctor had known to, grown to like the tall man with the snow-white hair who had been his patient for several years. The doctor was very thorough in his examination and was very gentle with Santa Stefan. And he did not speak very much during the exam and afterwards he had sent Santa Stefan to take an x-ray 
the doctor had asked for the results to be sent to him ASAP, and he had asked his patient to wait around. Santa Stefan had elected to sit and wait in his doctor's office, and whiling the time away, he began to read about Steve Jobs. While his reindeer had waited patiently outside beside the sleigh, talking quietly among themselves and worrying about their boss. All of Santa Stefan's reindeer had made the trip. Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Thunder, and Blitzen. And each of them was very special to Santa Stefan. And how well they knew it. It seemed as if they had been waiting there for hours and they were just beginning to pick up their iPhone to call headquarters when they saw their boss walking slowly out of his doctor's office. Dancer and Prancer had rushed forward to beat him and had stopped short when they had seen the look on their boss's face. And then the others had started to move forward and made a protective circle around their boss as he walked. Santa Stefan climbed slowly into his sleigh and his reindeer helped him to buckle in. They then lifted off quietly, but no one said anything. The homeward journey was uneventful, except for Santa Stefan asking for some food and being given a plate of sandwiches and some cookies, along with a huge mug of hot chocolate. The sleigh had travelled smoothly and quietly, gliding effortlessly over snow-covered mountains, across calm seas and over grassy lands. They saw countless ships and planes on their journey. They saw kids at play in playgrounds. They saw dogs running around in parks. And they saw countless cities with streets crowded with pedestrians, cars and buses, and people scurrying to and fro. The sleigh had traveled across most of North America, across Canada, and then it had turned for the final home stretch. The stars were already twinkling in the skies when the sleigh had made its final approach. Then it was gently touching down with a slight bump. And then Stoyan was standing there to help his brother out of the sleigh. The two brothers had embraced as the reindeer had proceeded to park the sleigh and then everyone had gone indoors. And a while later, Santa Stefan was delivering the news to everyone. Santa Stefan was to be confined to bed. He had suffered a serious back injury and now he needed bed rest if he was to get better. In short, he would not be able to carry out 
his Christmas tradition this year. Everyone was very sad, and the reindeer had begun to cry. And soon, the helpers and everyone else was falling. The elves were crying, the helpers were crying, and the reindeers were crying. But Santa Stefan had other things on his mind. And tomorrow would be another day. That night, at Santa Stefan's headquarters, it was very somber. And as Santa Stefan reclined in his chair with Santa Stoyan beside him, and with some of his Santa lieutenants, trusted lieutenants, around him, the mission was to find a solution. From the outset, Santa Stefan had informed his troops that he would do everything in his power to find a way to continue this timeless tradition. Yes, he was nursing a very serious injury and he was in a lot of pain, but it did not mean that he could not direct things from his special raised bed and move around in his special air chair. He told his troops that the tradition had to go on. Santa Stefan consults with Santa Claus. Santa Claus had just hurried to the cluttered desk in his office to answer the phone, and he had listened attentively as the caller had spoken. The conversation had only lasted for a few minutes, but it had been enough for Santa Claus to understand the problem. Santa Claus had had a very private line set up so that only certain persons had this number. And even before he had picked up this particular phone, he knew that trouble was on the horizon. On replacing the receiver, the big man had stretched, yawned, and then he had gone looking for Mrs. Claus. He told her about his phone call, and soon he was packing for an emergency trip. His reindeer had scurried to get ready, and his elves had packed his clothes, all of his special gadgets, and then the reindeer had double-checked his sleigh to assure that everything was in working order. And then Santa and Mrs. Claus had sat down for supper, and soon after this, Santa Claus was airbound. It was decided that Mrs. Claus would stay behind to manage things, and she was very sad not to be going because she had wanted to help Cousin Stefan in any way that she could. Santa Claus had hugged and kissed his wife before leaving and had told her not to worry. But Mrs. Claus was very uneasy about her husband's trip and had decided not to worry him with her misgivings. Before reaching his destination, 
Santa Claus had had to make one stop along the way in order to pick up some electronics at a special store in his neighborhood. There was much to do for him if he expected to carry out his mission successfully. And he knew that he would have a lot of work to do while his sleigh traveled through the night. The sleigh had touched down at the electronics store and Santa had hopped out and had gone in while his reindeer had waited for him. Soon he was back in the sleigh and it was once more on its way. Throughout the journey, Santa Claus could be seen hard at work. Under the light of a very powerful lamp, he worked feverishly to develop all kinds of charts, plotting and drawing diagrams, making calculations on his laptop, working with spreadsheets and consulting manuals. Several times throughout the journey, the reindeer had observed Santa Claus making phone calls back to his headquarters. And an hour before reaching his destination, he had made a private phone call. Santa Claus's reindeer were all very excited to be driving the sleigh tonight, as this had been a very unusual trip for them. Given that they usually only drove the sleigh at Christmas time, of course they had all been very curious to know why they were making this trip at this time of the year but they knew better than to ask their boss. All that he had told them that it was an emergency. Santa Claus's reindeer were always so excited whenever their boss needed them to drive him. Because in the normal scheme of things, Santa Claus usually drove himself in his Santa mobile. But for long journeys, he usually used his sleigh. The sleigh had reached its destination early the next morning. Being careful to avoid detection along the way. And this had slowed its progress somewhat. Santa Claus and his reindeer had spotted several naval aircraft as they traveled and below them several ships could be seen either sitting low in the sea or sailing to some unknown destination. Santa Claus did take some time to chat with his reindeer from time to time, sharing jokes and humor as they went and eating snacks with them making sure that they did not get too tired. Upon their arrival, the reindeer had parked the sleigh and, after exchanging greetings with their hosts, Santa and their reindeer were both tired and had gone straight to bed. There was much for Santa Claus to do after he had had a nice long sleep. Santa Claus had been awakened by the aromas of a delicious meal being cooked 
somewhere nearby. And after freshening up, he had walked out into the kitchen and had been delighted to find his favorite mean waiting for him on the table, along with Santa Stefan and Santa Stoya. The cousins had greeted each other warmly, and after a hearty meal, they had sat down for serious discussions. Santa Claus knew that indeed his cousin was in very big trouble, as he had seen how much difficulty he was in each time he attempted to move around. Santa Claus had stayed for two days with his cousins, and at the end of it all they had hatched out a plan, and as he departed he had felt sure that Santa Stefan's tradition would be carried on this year. Santa Claus had fallen asleep as the reindeer had driven his sleigh through the night, while at the same time something else was taking place. Many miles away, in a tiny room in, at the back of a store, two men were closely examining the contest of a thumb drive, and at this they did so, expressions of excitement lit up their faces. They had downloaded the files from the thumb, thumb drive onto their respective laptops, and now they had set about to analyze them. Santa Claus's return journey was much quicker because there was much less traffic on the way. Mrs. Claus's Premonition It did not matter how much Santa Claus had tried to reassure his wife that Cousin Stefan's tradition would take place as usual this year. Mrs. Claus could not be convinced, and she would only tell her husband that she had had a bad feeling that something terrible was about to happen to Cousin Stefan. But Santa Claus had refused to listen to his wife, just shrugging his shoulder and saying, Christmas will go on for Cousin Stefan this year. Some miles away in the tiny room at the back of the store, the two men had continued to work on the files that they had downloaded from the thumb drive that they had managed to procure. They were extremely fortunate to have been able to do this and to get this particular thumb drive. Or maybe we should say that they were very lucky and now they were determined to make the most of it and to make the most of their luck. The two men had now been working for three days non-stop to crack and decipher all of the codes on the master file. And when they had done this, the rest was very easy. Now it was time for them to develop a plan of their own. One, if successful, would have a definite bearing on Santa Stefan 
and this year's tradition. Wow. Santa Claus had his own work to do, but for all of this, he continued to keep a close eye on his cousin, and during the next few weeks, he had been in daily contact with his cousin. Under Santa Claus's close supervision, Santa Stefan has managed to keep things going, and everyone was now working at fever pitch. The reindeer in particular were extremely happy as they kept busy rehearsing for various events and priming their beloved sleigh for the beloved Christmas trip. Believe it or not, the reindeer had a lot of work to do. Rehearsing, preparing the sleigh, helping to wrap and tag presents, reading and responding to letters from kids, and helping to bake the Christmas goodies. Dasher and Dancer took care of the sleigh. Prancer and Vixen took care of the presents. Comet and Cupid took care of the letters. And Dunder and Blitzen helped with the baking. There, there was Rudolph. And Santa Stefan depended heavily on this favorite reindeer because he depended on him to keep the communications center up and running at all times. It was now very early December and the two men had decided that it was time for them to make their move. They had checked and rechecked their itinerary, their charts and their compasses. They had loaded everything that they had needed into their sleek ranger craft and on a clear night with the winds at their back with a quarter moon high in the sky and with the stars aligned in just the right position for them the two men had dressed in their red santa suits had climbed into their ranger craft and soon they were on their way there was very little wiggle room here for error, and these two men knew it only too well. One small error and the entire mission would have to be abandoned. They did not depend on any outside help with regard to their calculations and plans. They had done everything themselves, leaving nothing to chance. And as their ranger craft cruised along, they were both very nervous, but quite confident of success. The journey was going to be a very long one, but the two men knew this only too well, and had made allowances for this. Traffic was light, so they made very good time, and as soon as it was time, it was for them to start their descent. Santa Stefan is kidnapped. Santa Stefan's communication center was a building of great stature, magnificent to behold, 
and standing proudly in Santa Stefan's huge complex. The communication center stood off to one corner and was neatly hidden from view and was probably the second largest building. Santa Stefan's school? Homes for helpers and elves? Dorms for the trainees? Homes for the reindeer? And magnificent kitchen and dining areas? Finally, there was the beautiful house for Santa Stefan and his brother, Santa Stoyan. But this house was rather small in comparison to the other buildings. Yet, by modern standards, it was very large. Santa Stefan's gigantic complex stood on several hundred acres of grounds. And the complex itself was protected from intruders by state-of-the-art electronics and very high fences. Moreover, it was well hidden in the mountains of a far-off land. The communication center was manned on a 724 basis, with the reindeer doing the bulk of the monitoring and Rudolph in charge. The building was definitely a state-of-the-art one, with practically hundreds of monitors monitoring any and everything that moved within a hundred-mile radius. Hundreds of reindeer worked at the communication center, but there were also others as well. Everyone was highly trained to deal well, with every type of emergency, and everyone was on high alert at all times, especially so at around Christmas time. The reindeer craft had touched quietly down in a small field just outside of Santa Stefan's complex and the two men had wasted no time in disembarking and strapping on their backpacks. Next, they had removed two small vehicles that looked very much like motorcycles and had mounted them. Then they had begun their journey up to Santa Stefan's house. They had had no difficulty getting past the guards manning the gates, as they were wearing red Santa suits with Santa Claus's special emblem emblazoned on their chests. They had told the guards that they had come to see Santa Stefan, bearing important news from Santa Stefan's cousin, Santa Claus. And the guards had readily believed them and had escorted them to the main house, where Santa Stefan lived with his brother, Stoyan. The two men had been shown into Santa Stefan's comfy living room and had sat waiting for Santa Stefan to enter. Soon, Santa Stefan had entered and the two men had risen and had shown him a letter from their cousin. 
had required his presence immediately. Santa Stefan had shown the letter to his brother and had asked him to mind the shop while he was gone. Then he had hurriedly packed a small overnight bag with Stoyan helping him to do so. Then Santa Stefan had walked out of his home, escorted by the two men. No one noticed anything until it was just a bit too late. But about five minutes after Santa Stefan's departure, the special phone on his desk had rung and Stoyan had hurried to pick it up. At first he had thought it would be his brother calling to say that he had forgotten something, but it was Santa Claus on the line, wanting to talk to cousin Stefan in a hurry. And when Stoyan had told him that Stefan had just left in the company of two men in Santa suits, because the two men had shown him a letter from Santa Claus asking him to come immediately to Santa Claus's home, Santa Claus knew that something was very wrong. In a very calm voice he had told Stoyan that he had never sent anyone to Santa Stefan's home. And now he told Stoyan that he needed to initiate a search for Santa Stefan. The two men had calmly escorted Santa Stefan out of the complex and had helped him onto the back of one of the motorcycles. Then they had ridden away into the night. Meanwhile, back at the complex, cell phones unable to obtain receptions, satellites failing, and above all, the communications center had gone down. Pandemonium had now taken over. The last pictures that Stoyan saw was of his brother being escorted out of the complex by two tall men in Santa suits, red Santa suits. And these were seen on the monitors and then everything had gone black. Soyan had soon begun to panic, but then his training would take over and he would be issuing instructions to his staff. He would tell them that Santa Stefan had been kidnapped and now they had to find him ASAP. Santa Stefan is rescued. It had taken a bit of time for the backup generators to kick in. And even then, not all of the power had been restored at the same time. Rudolph had soon discovered that the communications center's codes, along with the brain power of the center, had been tricked and that they had been hacked and that the system had been tricked to go into sleep mode. 
It had taken a few hours to restore everything to normalcy. But at that, by that time, Santa Stefan was many miles away from his home. When Santa Claus had called earlier, he had been doing so to warn his cousin that someone may probably have stolen the thumb drive where he had stored all of Santa Stefan's important codes and info. And he had reasoned that it had been done while he had stopped off at the store, that one in his neighborhood. Someone had managed to take it from him while he was in the store, and he would never really know how it was done. Santa Claus was bang on the money, and when he had told Mrs. Claus, she had begun to cry, knowing that this would mean the effect that it would have for Cousin Stefan. What the clauses had always feared could happen, had now happened. Christmas was now in grave jeopardy of not taking place this year. The world would never be the same if Christmas did not take place this year. Then the bad guys would have scored a huge victory, and this could not be allowed to happen. No. No, Santa Claus would not allow this to happen. For once, Santa Claus had failed to listen to his wife. And now he had to do something to save Cousin Stefan and to save Christmas. Santa Stefan did not realize his predicament until it was too late. He had gotten onto the back of one of the motorcycles and shortly after setting out, he had asked them which route he would be taking to his cousin's home. And when they had hesitated, he had started to become suspicious. Then he had asked the men to give him the answer to this question. What did Santa Claus normally do first thing each morning, and when they had failed to respond, he then knew that he was in deep trouble. Almost all of Santa Claus's staff knew what he would do first thing each morning, this being to play a Christmas song. And these two men should have known this if they had really been his staff. Stanta Stefan did not panic. The two men had brought him to their ranger craft and had helped him to disembark from the motorcycle and into the ranger craft. They had bundled him in and then had taken their own seats and then they had spoken. To be concise, they had kidnapped Santa Stefan and now they would be taking him to an undisclosed location. And there he was to send a message to Stoyan and his staff, telling them to cancel Christmas. And he was also to tell Santa Claus the same thing. 
his excuse being that he was just too sick to do it all, and that he would be returning home in January. And if he did not do this, if he did not do what these two men were telling him, then Santa Stefan did not panic. He barely nodded his head because his mind had started to race and as the ranger craft flew on, he feigned tiredness and pretended to be asleep. Many miles away, Santa Claus was thinking hard, and at Santa Stefan's headquarters, Stoyan and the ranger were also thinking hard. The ranger craft bearing Santa Stefan's had traveled for a few hours and at noon it had stopped for refueling. Santa Stefan could not really tell he really was, because the two men had kept the windows of the aircraft closed throughout the trip. But he could tell that when they had landed, they were somewhere near the ocean, because he could hear waves out in the distance and smell the fresh ocean breeze. The true men had treated Santa Stefan very well as they flew, and had made sure that he was always comfortable. The two men had taken turns at the controls of the ranger craft, so that someone was always with him at all times. They had taken Santa Stefan to a very posh home upon arrival, and had led him to a large suite and had left him there to rest. A flock of swans had been nearby when the ranger craft had landed, and they had been quite surprised to spot Santa Stefan disembarking. They had recognized him by his snow-white beard and hair, but they had not thought anything of it at the time. But when the message had been put out to everyone, and everyone including fishes of the sea and birds of the air and creatures of the land, that Santa Stefan had been kidnapped, news had spread like wildfire. Santa Claus had used his connections to get the message out, and now everyone was on the hunt to bring Santa Stefan safely home, no matter what. This huge network of helpers would prove to be the turning point. The swans had received word of Santa Stefan's kidnapping about two days after it had happened, and thus far Santa Stefan had refused to bow to the kidnapper's demands. That he tell his brother Stoyan and Santa Claus to cancel Christmas. And now the kidnappers had become, or begun to become, impatient, and had started to be nasty to Santa Stefan. First, they had refused to let him leave his room and then they had begun to give him less to eat 
showing up only three times daily to ask if he had changed his mind. Day four had now come, and many miles away, a rescue plan had begun to be hatched with Santa Claus taking charge. It would end up to be a simple one at that. The reindeer had been instructed to fuel up their sleigh and get ready for a very long trip. Santa Claus would be aboard and Stoyan would be left behind to manage things. It all happened on the early morning of day five. A very thick fog had descended and had surrounded the home where Santa Stefan had been held, and no one could see anything except for one lonely craft hovering in the skies. The two men had seen the fog descend upon and around their home, and this had made them feel safe from intruders. The huge craft in the skies had been hovering for a while now, but the two men was una were unaware that it was there because of the dense fog. The craft had landed close to where Santa Stefan was being held, and thanks to info passed up the chain by the flock of swans, who had spotted Santa Stefan a few days ago. The exact location of Santa Stefan had been ascertained. The swans had done their job. Figures had alighted from the huge craft and had walked on tiptoes to the huge house. And upon reaching it, they had taken out canes of sweet-smelling spray and had begun to fill the air with very sweet fragrance. Soon the two men had begun to smell the sweet fragrance, and then they had begun to feel very, very sleepy. Within minutes they were fast asleep, and the figures had had no difficulty entering the house. They had no difficulty locating Santa Stefan's room, and had entered noiselessly. Santa Stefan was fast asleep in a huge king-sized bed, and one of the figures had gently sprayed the air above him with sweet, fragrant spray. Then gentle hands had lifted him out of the bed and had formed a circle to support his body, and soon he was being taken out of the room. The intruders knew that they would only have a very short time to accomplish their task, and they had to work very fast. The dense fog would only last for a few minutes, and the fragrant smell would be the same. Santa Stefan was rather heavy, and they had to be careful when carrying him out of the home, so as not to drop him and aggravate his injuries. Thank goodness the spray was working well. 
and he did not wake up until much later. The reindeer carried Santa Stefan to their sleigh, nine of them forming the circle, and as they ran on their tiptoes, a huge flock of swans kept watch overhead and followed them to the waiting sleigh. But by the time they had gotten there, the fog had already begun to lift and patches of early morning sky had begun to appear. Then they had laid him gently in the sleigh and then with a whoop they were off with Rudolph steering for home. The swans had kept close watch all this time and had waited until the sleigh was out of sight before returning to the house where Santa Stefan had been held. And there they had waited for their next command. It was now up to Santa Claus to finish off this mission. And there he stood in the huge house giving directions to the swans. By now the fog was almost lifted and the fragrant smell had begun to fade away and as Santa Claus watched, these two men had started to come out of their sleep. They had both sat up almost at the same time and had blinked when they had seen Santa Claus standing there. They, had, they were both confused, but then things had begun to set in and they had both risen quickly and had started towards the big man. And here is where Santa Claus had his fun. He pressed a button on his hat and presto! He had instantly became invisible. And whereas before he was standing there, now there was no one there. And the two men had stopped short, their mouths and eyes wide open confusion covering their faces. And Santa Claus had signaled to the swans and one by one they had flown into the house and had surrounded the two men. And then at a sign from Santa Claus they all began to squawk and sing in unison in very high-pitched voices. The two men had become petrified and they had kept it up until Santa Claus had reached the door and then they too had quickly left the scene. The still invisible but smiling Santa Claus had rubbed his ample stomach and smiled broadly as he walked quickly towards the beach. And then with the letting out of a final ho ho ho, he pressed a button on his hat, becoming visible once more. Then he walked into the calm sea and there waiting for him was his Santa Denny. His, help, his elves helped him aboard and being careful not to capsize it the dinghy had rowed expertly towards a waiting ship. Santa Claus looked skyward as he was being rowed out to his ship, and there 
overhead escorting him were his faithful flock of swans. With the broadest of smiles on his face, he waved several times, and in return they waggled their gorgeous wings. Santa Stefan's Christmas And the celebrations had begun in earnest, as soon as Santa Stefan had touched down. Everyone had anxiously been awaiting his arrival. And as soon as the sleigh had glided to a stop, there they all were. They had had warning of the sleigh's approach, as Rudolph had made sure to notify headquarters as soon as the sleigh had made its final turn for home. And there was standing room only, as everyone had watched the sleek sleigh's approach clapping and applauding as it came closer, closer and closer. And soon the bells had begun to ring and the party had begun. Everyone was waving and jumping, hugging each other, letting out whoops, and sending up balloons of all colors into the skies. The elves were dancing, the helpers were singing, Stoyan was crying for joy, and the reindeer too were joining in. Everyone knew that these celebrations would last long into the night. They had only just begun. Ah, and that tomorrow would be another day. Everyone ate and drank lots of Christmas goodies which had been specially prepared by Santa, Stefan's chefs and bakers. Everyone played games, sang, danced, and it was all culminated by huge bonfires and fireworks. At the end of it all, Santa Stefan had thanked them all and had told them that tomorrow they would have to get back to work if they wanted Christmas to take place this year. And then he had told them to look skyward, and as the large gathering watched, a huge blimp had appeared on the horizon and had come slowly in for a landing. And this was followed by two other blimps, much larger than the first. Christmas presents for special ones. Santa Stefan's Christmas for this year was a roaring success, and everything had gone off like clockwork. All of the planned activities had gone off without a hitch. All of the traditional parties had taken place. All of the gifts and presents had been delivered. But there was just one more surprise from Santa Stefan. And boy, was it a surprise for everyone, except for a very few. Santa Claus knew, of course, and so did Santa Stoyan. Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus also knew, of course, 
because they had helped to plan the surprise. And the world had heard, and the world had bowed its collective head in total gratitude and heartfelt thanks. The three blimps that had arrived on the night that Santa Stefan had returned home had contained some very special guests who spent Christmas with Santa Stefan and his brother and all of his staff. And Santa Claus had decided to spend his Christmas there as well. And he and Mrs. Claus had traveled in the smallest of the three blimps. No spence was spared. And everyone had gone all out to ensure that all of the guests would have the best Christmas ever. So who were these guests? Let's just say that they were from all around the world and that they were made up of folks from 2 to 92. There was or were the twin brother and sister from Afghanistan who had lost their entire family. There was a little girl from Barbados whose parents could not afford to send her for treatment for a heart condition. And Santa's Stefan and Claus had promised to pay her medical bills. There was a little blind boy from Belgium who had never had chance to play with either a toy or an electronic game. And then there was a little boy from the Cameroons who had always wanted to see snow. And the Santas had granted his wish this Christmas. A teenager from Dakar whose parents had abandoned him because of his disability. The skier from Estonia who had lost a leg in a skiing accident and needed to be fitted with a prosthetic leg. The young man from Finland who had come to America in search of a new life and had spent the last year without being able to find a job. And then there was a doctor and his wife from Ghana who had both lost their jobs in a foreign country and now they had no money. And then there was a nurse from Lithuania who had lost her job and had been searching for over three years. And the family from the Ukraine had, who had nowhere to go. Each and every guest at this special time of the year had had a sad tale to tell. But Santa Claus, Santa Stefan, and Santa Stoyan were determined to bring good cheer and joy, and this is exactly what they had done. Gifts were showered on each of the guests. Medical bills were paid up for those in need. Jobs were found for those who were looking. Homes were found for those without families. Families were found for seniors without loved ones around them. And the less fortunate were taken care of. 
It was a Christmas that no one would ever forget. And at the end of it all, Santa Stefan and Santa Claus and Santa Stoyan and Mrs. Claus had saved Christmas and had carried on the tradition around the world. All of the major media outlets had provided in-depth coverage of this very unique event. But Santa Stefan and Santa Claus had refused any interviews, but had agreed to send pictures of this grand celebration. For after all, they had to protect the identity of their headquarters. And this they had done. And even today, no one has been able to discover where in the world. Episode 5, Santa's Super Christmas Party. I hope you enjoyed it. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy everything. Happy New Year. And I'll see you in my next episode. Episode 6. Take care now and ho 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 to everyone. This has been Crime Crushers. On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network. Catch Crime Crushers every Wednesdays. On whose blind life is it anyway? Sponsored by VIP Tech.